All right, Scott and Paul show, episode 31. We're going to do this one a little bit differently. We want a comic book news. Huh? Well, we got it. And everybody's angry and upset and just uh, all in the hissy. Well, there's a problem. We can't talk about the comic book news because it's all spoiler related. So we're going to do what we normally do when it comes to this stuff. We will be doing it at the end of the show. And I'm not even going to worry about playing the music and all that crap. So we will be talking about the Captain America news at the end of the show. And we will be talking about um, Rebirth also at the end of the, at the show. The Captain America, we'll be talking about that first. The comic book itself, not that important, not really that great. So we'll talk about that one first. And then Rebirth, we will actually be talking about the comic book itself. So that one, that will be kind of spoilish as far as it issue itself now on to the normal show scott are you ready to buy another xbox one um is this a trick question (laughs) well you haven't got a red ring of death yet true i mean i am enjoying some of the games i've played on xbox one i haven't really played anything super original yet but i've played some good ones of course, I've skipped out on Fallout and Dragon Age 2. Not in permanently, but temporarily until I get around to them. They're on my list. Well, or Dragon Age, whatever the hell it was. Not 2. That was the shitty one for 360. According to Kotaku, who's owned yeah, owned by uh, Gawker, so we can really trust these guys, and Polygon, sources Microsoft is developing at least two new versions of the Xbox One, a cheaper and smaller unit, which is set up for later this year, which that always happens around this time of a console, and a more powerful version of the Xbox One set for next year, reportedly codenamed Scorpio. Microsoft's new console is supposed to be more powerful than the PlayStation 4's Neo. Uh, Neo is supposedly targeting a peak performance of 4.14 teraflops. And the Scorpio is set to be targeting 6 teraflops. So, uh, here's the question. Do you think that the new Xbox One is going to be their last console? Since they were... what Was it Phil Spencer who was the one we were did a report on where he was saying that they're going to basically be going the PC route where you just start upgrading your console? Was it him or somebody else? I don't remember who it was, but was that a rumor or was that... I think... I remember talking about it, but it's kind of kind of hazy. I think that's kind of the route. Like Xbox One would basically be their last console. So if they start traditional console. Yeah, so if if they start changing the innards of the machine and they upgrade it enough, so it's basically a steam machine, pretty much. So say two years from now, hey, we got this great new video processor. 
All you got to do is pop open the system, pull out the video card, put in the new one. You're good to go. You don't have to go out there and buy another $500 Xbox system. Well, you, already I mean, got, you already got the console. Just put in a new video card. And guess what? We just kicked the uh, PlayStation's ass. It's good to go. I mean, it, if we everything's need- running off the uh, the... As far as the operating system goes, you're good to go because everything's running off Windows 10 now. Yeah, they unified all that and accounts and everything else. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, but performance sells. I mean, it doesn't matter. I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that if you say, I've got five more pixels on my system than you, it doesn't matter what your games are. <laughs> people yeah. go to that system. I'm not saying everybody. I'm saying enough people will go to that system. And, and I love power too. I get, you know, I kind of get off on those numbers, but I think that it may be a good strategy. And if there's one company that's got deep enough pockets to survive a failure like that, it's um, Nintendo. I mean, Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely Microsoft. So yeah. they can, they can handle that loss. So it's, I mean, it's a risk, but if, if they want to have dominant market share, they're going to have to take a risk. Yeah, I mean, the same thing happened with PlayStation. They got their asses stumped. I mean, last console generation, I mean, I mean, depending on who you talk to, the cell processor was made it almost more powerful, but depending on who your developer was, if they knew how to tap into the, the processor... Some of their games looked way better than anything on Xbox 360. Take a look at God of War compared yeah. to some of the games on Xbox. Yeah, it's pretty legit. Um, most multiplats looked like shit. Exactly. They it te- they tended to look better on the 360 or have a, a better draw distance or so. It may not necessarily look better. But they may have a better draw distance, better um, particle effects, things like that. I mean, there was a video or movie or pictures coming out like every week. Yeah, it was just the architecture was so hard to design. Yeah, you might, you might want to keep talking. Because <laughs> i got to find a power cord before I'm off the show. Scott's having issues over there. But if this happens... Microsoft's making a good choice. Trying to jumpstart your program now, not good. But Microsoft has done this last console generation where right in the middle, they came out with the the Xbox Slim, and then later on they had the Xbox Elite and, and all that good shit. So th- this is not a, a, a big deal. No, it's, it's not going to... I mean, a few people talked about it at work, and they were kind of like, it's bullshit. And I'm like, how many freaking Xbox 360s did you buy? Well, I had I, – basically, they named off every SKU they had. And I'm like, and why did you continue to buy those? Well, they break. And this is like – exactly. You were upgrading hard drives, or your system was breaking. You were still buying from the same fucking company. So, yeah, they're preying on people like you to buy more of their shit because you're a moron. 
They didn't really like my answer today. It was actually talked about at work today. I was like, you bought how many white 360s, the 20 gig versions? He was like, I had three of them. I was like, how many did Microsoft replace? One. So I was like, so you bought two additional that kept, yeah. Okay. So they probably count on you to buy another Xbox One, you know, so you can continue to play fucking Destiny on because that's the only game you play ever. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a flop. Um, the the only thing that will make it a flop is if it's poorly implemented. Plain and simple. If it's priced wrong, poorly, well, eh, fuck it, price it, whatever they want to price it. If it's poorly implemented as far as um, ease of access to the parts or the components or whatever, uh, you know, some people might be wary of digging into their system. That is a good question. Are they going to price this thing at 250 like they are doing now? Yeah, I mean, you know, they're going to have a starter kit that comes with like, you know, eight gigs of RAM or whatever, four gigs, or I don't even know what the hell's in an Xbox One anymore. Um, I think but, it's 10 gigs of RAM. Is it 10? Yeah. Or is it the other one? It doesn't matter. No, it's Just 10 say, RAM, but starter, we have yeah. eight gigs to work with, I think, in the other. No, they, they free up nine gigs, I think. And the one gig is to run the system on for other bullshit. So, as long as they make it easy to implement, I think it'll be fine. Um, kind of like, I don't even want to, I, I don't know if this is a direct comparison that I want to make, but the, the expansion pack for like a Nintendo 64. It was yeah. pop one out, pop one in. No screws, that's, no bullshit. Yeah. That's why they would have to go in there and change the innards around because I think right now it's just impossible for people to do themselves. So they would have to have a brand new system come out. Yeah, I mean, you you probably have to have a freaking um, cold solder or cold desolder kit or whatever the hell it's called. You know, it's like a freaking six or seven hundred dollar piece of equipment to even start to remove shit from this thing. If I had to guess, um, yeah. So try to think of what the method they attach the, the items with. It's not it's not traditional soldering. I don't think it's something. It's another method. Because yeah. I looked into it when I was wanting to fix a um, iPhone one time. But whatever. Yeah, and yeah, those things aren't made to be fixed. No, they're not made for the general consumer to open up. I mean, there's typically there's no point. Yeah. So right now, you only have twelve million units out there. So. Why not? So both both new system, both of the new consoles have eight gigs of RAM. The PS4 has um, the uh, GDDR5, and the slower bandwidth DDR3 is in the Xbox One. But you get five gigs of guaranteed memory, slightly higher on the Xbox One versus the PS4, which is like a half gig difference or something. So, anyways, whatever. There's your, there's your specs. So if they had the base model with 8 gigs as a starter kit and you could, um, I don't know, grade to 10 or 12 or something, I don't know. As long as it's simple. The bottom line, as long as it's simple, people will probably do it. Puck, I have 16 gigs. <laughs> oh, well. But... um. I'm trying to add up the shit in my house. I probably don't even have 16 gigs. <laughs> well, I guess if I go with my my new consoles, but that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. Computer-wise, I think I got eight combined between two. A laptop and desktop. Yeah, 16 gigs. Yeah. Like I said, I'm waiting on um, 
Star Citizen before I upgrade my PC. <laughs> that might be a long wait. But something else has been delayed. No Man's Sky. Oh, speaking of a similar genre, or the same genre? Yeah. Uh, once again, No Man's Sky has been delayed until August 9th. No surprise. So now it will be launched on PlayStation 4 and PC in North America on August 9th. It was supposed to come out in um, June. According to Sean Murray, he said the game needs extra polish, whatever that means. According to internal standards. So they're wanting to get it up to whatever internal standards must be. So, I mean, if it's if they're doing it because, hey, we want to polish it, cool. Hmm, we've got some bugs we need to try to iron out by August. That makes me worry a little bit because this game's had a little bit of a troubled development because their studio got flooded out. <laughs> ruined a bunch of their hard drives and stuff with the game date on them. So, you know, they might still be recovering from that, but it still looks promising. Um, so I'm still excited for No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky will launch... August 10th in Europe, 12th in August in the UK. Can't wait. Yeah. Even though I'm going to have to wait. I just think there's something to do in space. And uh, and a while ago, Ed Boone teased, just way back in January, that he teased... um, he asked the question, should Captain Cold be in Injustice 2? And according to a French report, a French site, Game Blog, Injustice 2 is scheduled for development on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC, and its release is May 2017. Game Blog sources added that Injustice 2 will be announced either at E3 in mid-June or a few days prior to the event. Another Realm Studio will return as developer and it will run on the Mortal Kombat X engine. Scott, do you care about Injustice 2? Um, I'd rather... I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good fighting game. It's not a great fighting game. But the way they handled the story mode... And you progress through that and got your little, you know, got the plot told to you. I thought that was really, really good for a fighting game. It's definitely a step in the right direction. So, and I think uh, Mortal Kombat X was an improvement over um, Injustice. So, hopefully, this is an improvement over Mortal Kombat X. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on that one. Two pieces of movie news because there's nothing going on, surprisingly. Unless I check the news real quick. Um, let me look. Uh, no. Anyways. Oh, hold on, wait. Yes. Real quick, hold on. Uh, Logan's Run has a writer. Cool. <laughs> Who's the writer? Uh, the dude from Colony. 
And Colony is... Ryan Colin. I don't know who what Colony is. So... You heard it here, guys. Yeah. Anyway, somebody important. The Rock is going to play Doc Savage in um, Shane Black's upcoming film. So, since he's playing another superhero, does this mean he's not going to be Black Adam? I, uh, why? I hope so. I don't know. Maybe they can fit it in the schedule. But, uh, I mean, he is going to be a superhero. So, Doc Savage, um, I mean, he's kind of like a pumped-up Indiana Jones-ish, swashbuckler-ish kind of guy. So, here it says, he was physically mentally trained from birth by his father and team of scientists to become the perfect human specimen with a genius-level intellect. His heightened sense is beyond comprehension. So, I'm, I'm vaguely familiar with Doc Savage. So, I mean... According to this, uh, Rock is going to be Central Intelligence, Baywatch, Jumanji, Furious 8, San Andreas 2, Rampage, Sazam, and he's still doing ballers. So at least Rock isn't going to be bored, and he'll probably be at WrestleMania next year. Well, the next couple of years, he's doing Central Intelligence, Baywatch, Jumanji, Furious 8, San Andreas 2, Rampage, and DC Shazam and his HBO. TV Fucker, show. I just said that. I know. I'm just trying to like wrap my head around his fucking <laughs> schedule. Are you freaking kidding me, man? This guy is all over the place. And WrestleMania. He needs to be in the Predator movie. What the hell? Oh well, whatever. So let's say one, two, three, four, five, six, two, four, six. Let's say he makes about two million dollars a movie. That's fourteen million dollars. That's up front. Well, not including box office. I'm just, I'm just interested to see what Shane Black does with The Rock. And if you I take that, away that's cool. the government steals from him, he probably makes around one million a movie. Yeah. Yeah, the money they take from by threat of force and violence. But anyways, before we get too political, um, Star Wars reshoots. Ooh. Ooh, expensive reshoots. So Rogue One Star Wars story is in crisis, according to Emily Smith from page six. So the story, this is just a paraphrase here. Rogue One, directed by Gareth Edwards, who's apparently batting one out of two on good films. Um, they're not happy with the movie. Uh, monsters. Have you monsters. seen Monsters? Yeah, Monsters. It's a movie where like these this couple has to travel, like I believe it's in South America or Mexico, and there's like these kind of odd... Um, oh, yeah. Monsters, yeah. Yeah, you didn't like it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was the director of that. I'm not going to look it up because he totally killed me at Godzilla, but I'm pretty sure he was that guy. And I enjoyed the movie. It was a little slow-paced, just like Godzilla. Huh. Anyways, um, 
But the executives at Disney are not happy with Rogue One. And so they're going to go back into four weeks of expensive reshoots in July. So is it because they're not following a formula, or is it because Gareth Edwards has dropped the ball? Again. Or is it both? <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it's both. Uh, Every time they, they show a, a Star Destroyer, they cut away. Just like every time they show Godzilla, they cut away. Yeah, they'll probably, they'll probably, we'll probably hear like the classic Darth Vader breathing, and it'll start at the boots, and by the time the camera pans up to his chest, it'll cut away to some kid picking his nose or something. And then we'll hear a lightsaber swinging in the background, hear people screaming, and there'll be a bunch of dead rebels. And then we'll go back, and there'll be a big pile of bodies or something smoking slightly. No, and they'll be like, yeah. Watching TV in, in South America or some bullshit. Yeah, probably. So, I mean, the trailer looks good for Rogue One, but that doesn't mean jack shit. So, because it's a trailer. Um, according to this, you know, he doesn't like studios getting involved, but Disney in the studios will get heavily involved in this. And since Garth Edwards is a really shitty fucking director, since you watched how he fucked up Godzilla, and he's not involved in Godzilla 2 anymore, um, it's a real good thing for them to get involved in this. I, I, I'm going to have to agree, because I, you, know, you look at his pedigree, and it's like, dude, you got handed two huge properties. And I'm not going to say that Godzilla is like this huge money-making property in America, but he's a fucking character that's been around since 1954, I believe. That's a huge property. Okay? Um, and then, basically, he turns around after that and gets handed the largest property, which is Star Wars. How the fuck do you land these jobs? Oh, it man. He keeps failing upwards. Yeah, it's it, exactly. It's like this Abrams thing. I'm not a fan of J.J. Abrams. He just keeps failing upwards. So... Even though I did like Star Wars and Star Trek. He, there's no, oh my God. You know, I would have rather have, no, I like him. Kevin Smith should have got this fucking movie, not this guy. At least he would have been reverent. This guy, there's no way he should have fucking got this movie. Oh, but man. After the way, I mean, he did, I mean, look, Kevin Smith didn't fuck up the Flash. Yeah, but damn, his script for Superman was tough. He did what they fucking wanted him to do. I know, I know. And he he was fairly... Um, and he didn't write Flash. He And he would not have wrote, written this. He would have just directed it. Him writing and him directing are two different fucking things. Yeah, and he did, he did also manage to, in that Superman script, try to hold on to the spirit of Superman and all that. So he did. So, I mean, it was it wasn't a total fail. I'm I'm being harsh. He didn't do it what, was. He did what they it did. was okay. Yeah, it was. But it was that studio influence, which could be a mixed bag. So, oh well, we go. will see this fall, this winter. It's going to be shit. Yeah, I'm afraid so. I don't know. Maybe maybe they can save it. So, I mean, you can give him a great script, but if this guy is just keeps just fucking up. Maybe he'll pull it out. I don't know. Maybe he'll learn something in this process. 
I don't know. We said the same thing about fucking <laughs> Zack Snyder, too. Is this going to be a fit? Well, Zack Snyder, they just let him fucking go. Disney's not going to do this shit. No. Maybe they'd pull a Fantastic Four and they'd just fire this fucker and bring in somebody else. Maybe the reshoots will be, we're going to fire this guy and we're going to do, like... Oh, wow. Who the fuck do you know, Gareth Edwards? Who the fuck do you know? Who are you fucking to get this job? Jesus Christ. Look at his filmography. No, don't. Don't. Is it that Don't look at his filmography. End Day, 2005. Don't know what that is. Television film. Hiroshima, a television documentary. He was a digital artist. It doesn't even list what his credit is. Oh, he's a director and writer of End Day. He was a digital artist on Hiroshima, which, whatever. In The Shadow of the Moon, he was visual effects. His first movie, um, wide release, whatever, was Monsters, which you don't like. I thought was good. And he was director of photography, visual effects, production designer, cinematographer, yada, 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 writer, producer, the whole nine yards. And then Godzilla. And then oh, he was wait, a producer I on. I didn't see. I didn't see monsters. I saw. I saw Troll Hunter. Oh, I love Troll Hunter, but yeah. Anyways, um, Monsters Dark Continent, which currently has a one star rating on Netflix. Um, he was a producer on that, so he has filmed an entirety of three fucking movies: Monsters, Godzilla, and Star Wars. Are you fucking kidding me? Doesn't this tell you that we need to start making some fucking low independent films so we can Jesus just fell upward like, Yeah, let's fell upward like so many others have done. I mean, I don't know how Zack Snyder ever recovered from fucking Sucker Punch, but whatever. Um, or whatever the fuck that movie was. Yeah, it was Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch, yeah. Well, I felt like I got Sucker Punch. But it's the same thing. You made Monsters, which is a good movie, in my opinion. Godzilla is... Barely able to sit through one time, and you ruined all the best parts by not showing fucking Godzilla at all. And this has this is not like the Jaws effect. Jaws didn't show the movie to the, the monster to great effect. Alien did not show the monster to great effect. Why did the later Alien movies and why did the later Jaws movies suffer? Because they showed the monster. But why are they showing the monster? Because we've already seen it at the end of the other films when that big magic reveal happened. Godzilla has done this 27 or 28 fucking times. There's no point in just having him in the movie for a few minutes. It's fucking stupid. Um, Yes, I needed a story and characters, yada yada. But I also need Godzilla breaking shit. (laughs) So, you know, this has turned into a rant on Godzilla, but... Well, it's, it's going not to be the worst rant. movie I've ever seen by any measure. I'm not going to say it's bad, but it was something I could sit through once and say, meh, okay, whatever. But, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at this guy's filmography, and this is fucking bullshit. You, you made monsters, and you got handed Godzilla and Star Wars. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? And you have some sort of made-for-TV movie. Yeah, he's a joke. Yeah. And he hasn't done anything... Of, of of big note on TV series he did. He's animator, visual effects. Awesome that he, you know, can do that stuff, I guess. But End Day is a 2005 docudrama presented by the BBC. Imagine waking up on... Oh, okay, I remember that. It was eh. It wasn't... It was okay. It was a docudrama. 
Whatever. This, yeah, this is who the who do you know? I need to know this. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna Google it. Go ahead. Next story. Uh, that's it. Done. We're on. We're on to uh, wrestling. Well, Scott's uh, wife is happy. John Cena's back, and um. It did good for ratings. Everybody was worried that you were going to have the worst ratings in Raw history. And in fact, you did not. It stayed the same as always. It stayed at, uh, you had about 3 million viewers for, <laughs> for Raw on Monday. Uh, the big news was basically um, you are going to get John Cena versus AJ Styles. The question everybody wants to know is when you have this match, um, Scott... Will you be able to cheer for AJ Styles, or will you have to fake cheer for John Cena? I will cheer for AJ Styles. All right. Um, that should be a good match, Cena versus AJ. AJ went full heel finally, so heel AJ versus babyface John Cena. No, babyface John Cena. Yeah, <laughs> shocking. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I know that, and I don't even. I've pretty much missed that entire era. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On on Raw, um, John Cena made his huge return. AJ came out to thank him for being there. Like, hey, welcome back! Congratulations. You had dueling chance of. AJ Styles, let's go Cena. And that went on for probably three minutes. And it was actually a pretty cool moment. And then Doc and Anderson came out. They basically gave AJ shit for that. And then when it looked like there was going to be a, a tag team match against those two, AJ turned around and Beat the shit out of John Cena. So we are now going to have AJ versus John Cena probably at Money in the Bank. So, should be fun. Of course, it being John Cena, we all know that AJ will not win this. But they did let um, Kevin Owens get the win over. John, at least in one match, clean. So you never know. And there's no belt on the line, so it could happen. Then again, it is Vince isn't dead. Um, Cody Rhodes put out his uh, list. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, after eight. 19, which will be after his 90-day um, non-complete clause is up. Uh, the names on the list of people he wants to work, Adam Cole, Dalton Castle, Kurt Angle, Kurt, uh, Chris Hero, Mike Bennett, Moose, Pat Buck, The Young Bucks, Trevor Lee, Shibata, Roderick Strong. Uh, he also wants to work the Battle of Los Angeles tournament. 
Uh, he wants to do the streamers thing, which like probably Ring of Honor or some minor Japanese groups. He wants to have a personal ring announcer, which would be his wife. So, um, uh, Cody Rhodes has really good handwriting. So I wonder where he's going up first. Most likely Ring of Honor. Especially since they have a a nice little working relationship with New Japan. Yeah. Guy can work, that's for sure. Yeah. I, I definitely hope to see him again. He's one of the ones one of the few out of the current crop of well, I guess he's not in the current crop of WWE people, but one of the few that I can really stomach to watch. Also, WWE has gone back to the well once again with the brand split. I've never liked the brand split ever. Well, it might have been all right the first time. That was around the time I kind of got out of watching wrestling on a regular basis. Yeah, most, most likely this is, well, most likely this is pretty much due to the fact that SmackDown is now going to USA. Their ratings for SmackDown when it was on um, usually around I think it's like ratings were pretty low. I don't want to give a number. I think it was well, it's it's way below the raw. I think it's one point two or something like that. So they want big numbers, so Vince is like, Well, we'll make it a an A show. It's going live on Tuesdays. Still going to be two hours. So they're going to split the brands. John Cena will be on SmackDown. Roman Reigns will be on Raw. As of right now, you're going to have two champions again, which means the belts mean shit. Instead of having one champion, like back in the old days where Ric Flair would work both promotions... All all the territories. Um, So the belt means something, and when the champion goes there, it has something and it means something. Ah, the belts mean nothing now. But at least maybe in this way, if John Cena becomes champion, he won't beat Ric Flair's record because he'll just be the SmackDown champion. So that's good, I guess. The IC... Champion and the U.S. champion will be on one of the other promotions. Not sure who's going where. As of right now, the tag champions are working both shows. The women will go to one channel. Well, I mean to one promotion. I wish there was like another billionaire multimedia guy that would come in and just be like, let's make a freaking product. Donald Trump. Yeah, Donald Trump. Yeah. Fuck being president. Just make, <laughs> make another, buy the NWA. Who, who the fuck owns NWA right now? The Vince Bob buy NWA? Geigel, Scott. Bob Geigel. Is he still on it? <laughs> no, he died in 2000. Oh. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, hold on. Um... No, there's an NWA still. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Yeah. Buy that shit, Trump. (laughs) 
Marvin's Russo. No, I meant. No. <laughs> no. No. Um, but all the all the plans for they this. Need a, they need a non-Vince-owned company that's got some money. Well, you got New Japan. In America. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Lucha Underground isn't that rich. Yeah, they need some serious money. They need to be able to buy out some names. They just basically follow the WCW model. You mean... Uh, to a point. By all point. the used-up WWE guys? No, nah, no, nah, you got there enough money to buy some of the other good ones. Uh, I, well, wish, I, get, um, I wish Sinclair would put some real serious money in the fucking ROH. Um, buy out CM Punk and... No, Punk's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, you never know. Well, he, he's, he's having fun and UFC not having any matches. And his old lady and... He's, he's fucking undefeated right now uh, in UFC. He's get Daniel Bryan and give him like a Starfoam helmet and... Call <laughs> 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 Call him Norman Lunatic's third cousin or something. Yeah. <laughs> see, look, see, I should be a writer. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, yeah I mean, I don't know. I, it's just, it's, it's a pipe dream. I know. Here's the problem with Vince. He gets, I mean, right now he's all gung-ho for the brand split, but if something doesn't work within the first month, he gives up. Yeah. And they've already planned super shows. So I was like, it's already watered down. So I mean, what the fuck? Yeah. But whatever. Yeah, you'll never get WCW back because Vince owns those rights. But Also, we had uh, Ricochet versus Will Offspray. New Japan did the right thing. This match was... Um, Awesome. It's being talked about. It's being hated on as well. So instead of doing the WWE route and making sure everybody fucking pays money to see this, and by probably putting maybe a 30-second clip up online, New Japan went ahead and made this free on the New Japan site and New Japan World. And they also put it free on YouTube. Scott, I can hear your fucking mouse. You need to get a silent mouse. I'm researching, sorry. Script, 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 script. Wow, the NWA territory map is amazing. But it is free on their YouTube. So if you have not seen it, we did. I did tweet this out on um, Scott and Paul's show, Twitter, which you can talk to Scott on as soon as I give him the password. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you can watch this match free. So you don't have to worry about signing up for nine ninety nine. So good job. To, actually, it's like eight dollars a month on New Japan, but it is free on their YouTube account. So Ricochet versus Will Osprey. Vader hated this, which he got some slack for. He basically said that. Uh, so this is what wrestling has come to. Now Vader, of all people, was doing flippy shit in his matches. He's 450 pounds doing a moonsault, and he's talking shit to these guys. Now, back in the day, you had guys saying that the O-timers saying, have you seen those matches that Steamboat and Flair are doing? 
they're going to kill the business. They're going too fast. It's just, you can't do that shit. So every preceding generation hates everything that the new guys are doing. This so, shit. Right. But that doesn't completely discredit any criticism either. No. What they need to do is slap on some fucking headlocks. And- but the ones talking about like Steamboat and Flair, they were fucking clearly not seeing the writing on the wall. <laughs> I'll say that that is completely accurate for those. I remember reading about those comments over the years, and yeah. they definitely, uh, you know, I, rec- I recognize Bruno San Martino guys like that were popular, but yeah. they weren't. They just, I know it was a different era, but they just weren't interesting. I mean, just clubbing a dude over the shoulder a few times a match and a body slam or two, that's just really not that entertaining. No. But the uh, Rick Shea versus Will Ospreay match was pretty fucking awesome. And like Alvarez said about the complaints, it's Ricochet versus Will Ospreay in the best of Super Juniors tournament in New Japan Pro Wrestling. You're getting exactly what you expect to get. So, I mean, and most of the criticism comes from that GIF, which was the first two minutes of that match where they do all the uh it ends in the superman pose superhero pose yeah and that was the psychology of that was two guys trying to show off what they can do after that they start beating the fucking shit out of each other they start doing punches and kicks and slobber knockers and then they go into the athletic contest they do holds and moves and submissions I mean, there was one point in the match where Ricochet just ties up Will into like a... It's almost like a bow and arrow type move, and he puts him on his knee. Yeah, he had him up in the air. It was I don't even know what you'd call it, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's not flippy shit. That's actual submission hold. So, I mean... And then he ends the match, the the ending of the match, spoiler here, is uh, Will Ospreay, I mean, he fucks up the move. He, he botches the, his, like, spin kick, so that's that was bad on Will. He fucks that up. But then he beats Ricochet with John Cena's springboard um, stunner, which, hey, John, this is what it looks like when he does your finisher, and it... Looks right. So, I watched most of the match, and I'm. I it was a good match. It was an awesome display of athleticism. But I can see some of the criticism. I didn't find it terribly interesting beyond the athletic prowess that they showed. I mean, there were moments. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it was good. I'm not. Don't think at all that I'm being negative about the entire match or my overall thoughts on it. But I can see where some of that criticism came from in this match because, damn, it was a lot of flippy shit for a little bit. And as cool as it was, I was like, oh, my God, come on, guys. (laughs) Just keep flipping. 
and uh, they're amazing athletes, and they're good wrestlers. But I don't see why this match is getting so much hate, but I can see why it's getting a little bit of criticism. But like you said, it's NJPW, and it was in this – what is it? what was the tournament called? Juniors or Best something? Best of Super Juniors. Best of Super Juniors, yeah. You're kind of expecting stuff like this. And – Again, there's kind of the, some people made the comments about wrestling's an art form, yada yada. I I can agree with that. It's it's a performance art, and there you go. I mean, it's their expression. So I mean, I may not like it subjectively. I can respect what they did, but this is nothing compared to fucking some of the shit you see in lucha. No, no doubt. But you know, Louis again, like like he said, you expect that in lucha. It's you expect it with the territory you're in, and uh, I and I got a chance to use the word territory and talk about wrestling. So <laughs> in a modern sense, um, good match overall. Yeah, I mean it's not, not even close to being anywhere in my top whatever. But yeah, I mean these are two guys that I that was my first exposure to either one of them, and I want to watch them again. So yeah. now the the better match was the match. As far as pure wrestling goes, it would be Kushida versus Will Ospreay. Their match was actually better because this match was just a show of athleticism. Yeah. This, this was flat out an exhibition match. It was, all right, I can do flippy shit too. And plus. Did the rest of the show have more of the traditional, you know, two guys Pure looking wrestling. for the victory? Okay, so one fucking match out of the show was this. Yeah, it's not really that big a deal. I mean, it's just like there's one point in the match where Ricochet says, "This guy thinks he, he's so great at high flying, what well, he ain't shit." That's what, and that's what this whole fucking match was about. Yeah, who's the better high flyer? So see, there is that psychology to it. That's what this match was about. Sorry. And then the rest of the show was not this. So the match told a story, and people are not getting that. They didn't tell the story they want. Yeah, they, they told the story that they wanted. It's, it's New Japan. It's not fucking WWE. It's not 1991 WCW. Yeah. But what we are talking for better or worse, it's not 1991 WCW. Yeah. But what we are talking about is NWA May 31st, 1986. Excellent lead in. Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, we get footage from the house show where the Midnight Express is working one half of the Malkies and I believe Thunderfoot. Thunderfoot. I'm so excited. Yes, Scott's favorite worker. Favorite prop. His favorite prop. And then the James boys do a run-in. And the Midnights try to take off the hoods. And then we cut to the show intro. Wow, my notes are downstairs. But anyways... My page won't load. The um, there were some interesting reveals tonight. I was shocked at the James Boy reveal, which we'll talk about that later. Yep. 
I mean, wow, what a, what a what a difference in talent a mask makes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Resilience to damage and punches and such. But anyways. Uh, All right, Hector Guerrero. Nope, I'm sorry. Promo, promo with Dusty and Baby Doll. Yeah. Um, okay, so Baby Doll's making the threats to the Midnight that they're going to get them according for the bash is over with. Um, the rest of the night, Baby Doll might as well not even showed up to the promos. <laughs> she normally can't, anyways. She's just not that good of a speaker. But. Jim Cornette, <laughs> every time he's on screen on this episode, is cutting her to pieces, and it is pure gold every time. Dusty didn't say anything really memorable in the first promo, and mm-hmm. he was just—it was—it was—it was a promo. It happened. Um, it was just more of the same. And again, Baby Doll with her awkward way of saying things because she's memorized her lines very, very well. So. Um, Hector Guerrero and Manny versus Thunderfoot and Bob Owens. Manny was a little quicker tonight. He's working with Hector. He's got to turn his shit up. He's got to turn his shit up. Yeah, he was. I mean, he did a few holds, but he didn't spend half the damn match in holds. Um, but he, he was a lot better. Um, Hector Guerrero, again, you look like uh, – is that Eddie? Is that Eddie? Every time he's out there. Yeah, but I mean, it's Hector and Manny versus Thunderfoot and Bob Owens. What do you guys think happened? Yeah. It's amazingly, Thunderfoot Bob Owens, Sunset Flip pins Hector Guerrero. I mean, crazy. No, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Hector Guerrero and Manny win the end. Um, promo, yeah, promo with Arn Anderson. Uh, Arn Anderson had a pretty bang-up promo. It was uh, – I mean, it might seem a little canned. But he delivered it with a whole lot of enthusiasm and heart, and he talked about taking on all comers and all that. And but he gives a little foreshadowing about the return of Ole Anderson and flagging the four horsemen or the badasses in the league or in the in the territory. So I got to say territory again. Um, it was a good promo. Yeah. I mean, I, I I'm not thinking nothing's jumping out of me as, as anything is was really slick like in his choice of words or anything, it was all fairly straightforward, but he delivered it again with great attitude, great emotion. And I mean, I believed him every word to come out of his mouth seemed believable. That was, it was a good promo. <laughs> I'll show footage flair and Ricky Morton. Ooh, boy. The knee drop that flair lands on Ricky Morton off the rope. Um, well, what happens is, Go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's house show footage. It's Flair versus Ricky Morton. They probably had an excellent match because it was Ricky Morton and not Robert. The uh, finish, you saw a high cross body by Morton. Flair elbows the ref in plain sight. So I wouldn't really call it a ref bump. So this was obviously a horseman game plan. The horseman came out, stands early, so this was not the night. They hold Ricky face down on the mat. Flair clowns up on the second rope, drops the knee like he always does with the the bump to the, to the forehead. But this time goes to the back of Ricky's head, breaking his nose. Then they rolled him over, and they did it to the front. It's crushing his nose. Poor, poor Ricky Morton. This is one of those 
moments were in the eighties when people didn't know rest or not everybody was sure wrestling was um this the drama that it is with actors and stuff. This is one of those moments when you're watching a wrestling match and if you're one of these guys that's skeptical about whether it's real or not, and you go, Damn, Ric Flair just crushed that dude's fucking skull. And this is one of those <laughs> This shit's real. Well, this is one of those Dusty Rhodes storylines where Pisses off some of the uh, execs. Yeah. He used to get in trouble for shit like this. Well, it looked brutal. It looked real as fuck. So, I mean, he blasted him. I mean, I know that there's a trick to it, but regardless, it was sold very well. Drops the knee on your forehead with his right. He lands on his left first. Yeah, and then his toe points down and his knees down, and there's a gap there to where that shin and that knee is not crushing the head. I mean, there's there's probably some pressure, but it, it's, it's, it's pretty limp and just flops off your skull, I'm sure. So, yeah, I mean, but it looked very good. Yeah. So Definitely one of those ones where the naysayers were like, in the 80s, were probably like, damn, maybe I'm wrong. So, the crowd got pissed. Oh, man, they were – the heat was – on Lillard yeah, Martin got his nose broke. Yeah, so then they had the promo with the Rock and Roll Express and the nose guard. Wow. Yeah. They picked that shit up at Family Dollar. Yeah. <laughs> and they bought the uh they, And they painted they, his they, eyes. Yeah, they did a makeup on his eyes. Yeah. They took it off and um but yeah, I mean it, it was just they're not the greatest promo guys. Ricky's better than Robert. Robert didn't say shit, which is smart. <laughs> on to say that Flair was just jealous, and he says that his nose is a long way from his heart. Woo! But in 1986, this was probably – I mean, this had to be pretty intense. I mean, I'm, I'm looking through, um, you know, 30 years of um, knowledge and exposure to the sport and seeing it grow and stuff like that. And you look back, and something that looked hokey now, probably '86. This was a big deal. Well, it's better than the fucking promos that are written for people on Raw today. Oh, the promo was is better than that by far. Yeah. I'm just saying he looked so funny, and it was an obvious makeup job. Yeah. But whatever, it was still awesome. Even looking through that lens, it's still awesome. So, yeah, kudos to Ric Flair and Ricky Morton. Wahoo versus Vernon Deaton. Wahoo goes over. Slow even for Wahoo. And then and thankfully short. Yeah. Finally it happens. This was the highlight of the show for me. Yeah. Nikita and Magnum signed a fucking contract for the Russian chain match for June seventh for the US title. Nikita and Ivan are talking shit to Magnum for bringing his mother to a signing. And of course, it's wrestling, and it's a contract signing. So, yeah, a fight breaks out. But, fuck yeah, we get the match next week. And I hope it doesn't fucking suck. <laughs> the um, Yeah, he, he, he had his mom with him, and it was awesome. Because I didn't even realize she was there. I was watching Ivan. He's reading over the contract. He's selling it, like, really well. And then Nikita starts talking. And he's like, you know, women have a role or a place in my country. Not they wouldn't be on. They would not be on TV. And I'm much more intelligible as a Russian than Nikita is. And 
<laughs> you know, women should not be on TV, yada, yada, yada. And they belong in the kitchen. They do not belong in the sports. I- yeah, and I mean, fucking Magnum just gives ape shit. It's like, you can just see Magnum. Like, he's either like the best, I'm going to get pissed, actor ever, or he's sitting there and his method to acting <laughs> is to believe every word coming out of Nikita's mouth. And I'm thinking that's his method. I'm just going to believe everything this fucker says. And that's I how I'm going to respond. Oh, who the hell that woman was? I thought she was another fucking Crockett. Yeah. And he goes across the table and gets the shit kicked out of him by <laughs> and Ivan. And then mom's like, oh, yeah, the baby. So, Stop yeah. It. Stop it. Yeah. No. yeah. So, a real mother would have, like, shanked one of them with an ink pen out of her purse or something. Who was the. I, I love that the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the suits that the Russians were wearing, like all white, with regular T-shirts underneath. Oh man, the I wrote fucking Miami Vice look. Yes, I wrote that on my notes that I left downstairs. That said that they they looked freaking pimp for the eighties. <laughs> yeah, they were. They looked epic, man. I was like, you know what? I would just be like, you know what? When this match is over, can we just form like a tag team? Because you guys are rocking it. And they were wearing like lavender socks or some colored oh, shit. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. The suits were all like – they were just just a hair off white, like bone or something. But, yeah, it was it was freaking awesome. They looked amazing. Yeah. I was like, oh, man. And I was like, well, shit, David Crockett was what was, was correct. They did like go full fucking U.S. Yeah. Yes, they did. So, they are yeah, not it was good. good. We got a good lead up. They had to piss off the fucking Kremlin the way they they went full American. Yeah. It's a great lead up. Yeah. Next, you have Saskia Watley versus Bill Malky. Uh, not much to say about this match, but the best thing about it is after Saska hit a suplex, he does his little victory celebration dance. Yeah. Huh. Saskia's Watley can dance. Hmm. The guy can move. He kills me, man. When he starts dancing, dude, it's like, I I don't know. I'm enraptured. (laughs) I can't move away. so excited. He's a freaking showstopper, buddy. The original showstopper. Promo with Ric Flair. Uh, Flair states that just because you slick Rick doesn't mean he doesn't know how to be mean and dirty when the job dictates. Uh, then he pulls out a, uh, a baby's bathing suit for, uh, Ricky Martin's girls. And the thing about what Ric Flair said, he said he knows how to be mean and dirty when the job dictate, dictates. He doesn't say, I know how to be mean and dirty when I got to because Ricky Morton is a dangerous adversary. He gives zero credit and he chooses his words very carefully. That is a masterful promo. Yeah. I, that's that's what I picked up. I was like, he he's not giving credit at all. Which I know I've heard him in the past talk about how dangerous some of these other guys are. But that's usually to sell the fact that he's about to whip their ass. He, he but he he I like that he he's not admitting that Ricky Morton's a threat. Yeah, he's like I'm Ric Flair, I'm the best in the world. But you know, just because you know limousine riding, jet flying, and all of that doesn't mean that I can't get the job done. And then we have Tolly's promo.
Scott's dancing around, doing his little Sasquatly. Yeah, this one, the Tully promo, I caught the um, footage of Ronnie Garvin, but the beginning of the promo I had to miss because the uh, grill was on fire. Oh. Yeah, I was was, was watching the show and kind of forgot that I had a bunch of burgers on there, so it was bad. Well, Ronnie came back in time to see Ronnie Garvin's match, unfortunately. Well, Ronnie was supposed to work Tully at a house show, but Tully was working an injury with his arm in a sling. So they had a Canadian Golden Gloves dude fill in for him. I, I didn't get his name. I wasn't paying attention. It doesn't matter. But he lost the match. Tully jumped Garvin, laid him out with his arm, taped up massively, and then they, um, he hit Garvin with the power driver on the chair. Uh, during the promo, Tully kept saying, Oh, it's just a regular tape you buy at the store, just like Ron does, Dusty. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was like, I mean, it, just the way he said it, he was just like, it was almost like he was saying, "Ha ha, fuckers!" You know, play your game. Yeah, I can play your game just like you do. Ron uses tape. He always tapes his fist up. Yeah, it's just I mean, regular tape. It's just regular tape. You know, Ron Garvin and Dusty and Magnum—they pushed him into a corner. They got to do what they got to do. It's yeah. bullshit. Next, we have a promo: Jim Cornette and Midnight Express. And guess what? It's Big Bubba Rogers. Big Bubba Rogers. He has been free. No more jobbing for a rape trailer. Yes, he is out of the prop closet officially. And what a fucking difference. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's unreal. Just a, pair, just a hat and some sunglasses. Yeah. And a mustache. But well, he had the mustache before. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, I feel... I feel, I feel I, I, I feel so much better for <laughs> for he looked like ten years older just by putting the sunglasses on. Yeah, he, I mean, he still has that baby face look to him. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, thank God! I felt so bad <laughs> for the last couple of months doing the show. The scene of get the shit kicked out of him. He put his time in. Oh, thank God! Some good shits coming. And then, of course, um, they beat the shit out of Art Pritch and Brody Chase. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't there a normal ass kicking, but thank God. Then we had... Good for uh, Prince and Chase. Yeah. Promo with the Midnight Express. Uh, we see the video from earlier. They unmask one of the James boys, and it was Tony Zane. All along, it was Tony Zane. Yeah. I'm thinking uh, Bill Malky might be the other one. Then Baby Doll comes out and challenged Jim Cornette to a match and said that Dusky, Dusty, not Dusky, but Dusty and Magnum have been teaching her something and that will shock or get the whole world talking. Jim Cornette said, I know what Dusty and Magnum have been teaching her. Yeah, he smashed her and he called her fat too. <laughs> he called her a, 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 a fat cow or something like that. Something like that, yeah. He, he's, he, just, he owns her so bad on promos. I mean, it's just not even. It's just like it's not fair at this point. I'm I'm shocked you got by with that sex reference. Yeah. But no, Jim Cornette's fucking amazing. Yeah, he's he's a. I mean, his mouth is a mile a minute. He's he's. I mean, it's just all off the cuff too. Yeah, he's still he's good on his pro, on his uh, interviews today. 
Yeah. Uh, he's, he's also responsible for the Young Bucks, too, but in spite. Ah. Because uh, when he was doing Ring of Honor, he, he told them, stop doing so many goddamn super kicks. Well, Young Bucks got pissed off, so they kept doing more super kicks. That's why you have a super kick party. <laughs> super kick! Super kick! I wanted to punch that guy in the face so bad. Oh, see, Prino? Yeah. Next, you have a promo with Jimmy Garvin. Jimmy Garvin feels sorry for Jim Cornette and thinks he's going to have a nervous breakdown, especially with that loose woman rocking around. Yeah, and he destroys Wahoo. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's sneaky Indian. <laughs> you know, when you didn't pick enough corn, they'd tie you to a tree and leave you or something. Like, I don't know what it was. I was giggling too hard to finish. But uh, – you know, I don't want you around my good neighbors and blah, blah, blah. You're driving around my house looking around and stuff. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's amazing. Oh, my God, he's so good. So, you know, and the thing is, like, Jimmy Garvin, man, I remember being a kid watching Jimmy Garvin. I didn't think shit about him. Because when I think of Jimmy Garvin, I think of the Freebirds. Oh, yeah. And I just don't remember him giving all these promos. So, I mean, this is all new to me. He was the least interesting. He was the less least interesting part of that whole bunch to me. But now I'm going to see it from a, in a different light, and maybe when I catch up on some more of that stuff with them in some of these other videos and stuff, um, yeah, maybe I'll appreciate him more. I already do. Rock and roll express as squash. Yeah, it was over quick. It was a double drop kick, like the bell rang. I just went out and drop kicked the guy. And it was over. And then the Russians had another promo, which this one went back to the trip typical. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I like your note here. Dave Ivan buried David for the xenophobic trash he is. <laughs> 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 yeah, they go on that whole America versus Russia thing, which works hell, it still works for me. I grew up in the eighties. I still want to punch Russians. So uh, Rocky King and Stein versus Barbarian and the Baron. <sighs> Barbarian and Rocky, pretty interesting. Barbarian uh, gorilla presses Rocky King with one arm. <laughs> he gets him up with two, and then he holds him with one and throws him with one arm. It was awesome. Yeah. But you got to remember, Rocky King was like starving to death at this point. So, yeah. yeah. Like, it's no joke. Like, I think we talked about it before how they at the other superstars would ask him, how do you get so cut? And he says, cause I don't eat. I'm starving. I'm homeless. So yeah. Rocky King. Hey, that's a guy that, you know, he could have been more than he was. And I don't think it was really his fault, but I'm not saying he was going to be freaking Ric Flair or anything, but this guy could have been Mick Carter. Yeah. But he was a prop. So Oh, we have a bash update. Bob Geigel. Paul, Paul did find that there was a listing for a show in Charleston, West Virginia in 1986 for the bash tour. Yeah. So, very interesting. 14 cities will be getting the bash. Flair has to work all 14 shows and defend the belt in all of them. That's 14 title defenses in 30 days. If he loses the title, the new champion will take over the schedule. So. Yeah. If you if you're buying into 
the whole this is a true 100% athletic endeavor. Um, you got to be thinking to yourself, wow, 14 defenses in 30 days? It's amazing. Because this is still a time when a lot of people thought that shit. Yeah. And the first two, I believe, are against Dusty Rhodes. One's in Philadelphia. I think one's on the first, and then another one's on the third, which you have one coming up. First one's in the cage against Dusty, which, um, spoiler, Scott, you have a cage match to watch. Because Flair's getting ready to drop the belt to Dusty in the cage. Holy shit. Yeah. Dusty's going to book himself to win the belt in the cage match on the third. So that would have meant that if we were watching it now, say we time traveled and we were 36 years old now, uh, we would not get to watch Ric Flair as world champion in Charleston at the bash. We would have to see fucking Dusty Rhodes as world champion in Charleston. Yep. How pissed off would we be? Upset. The 36-year-old version of me would be upset. I mean, 35-year-old version of me. I'd be very pissed off. The six-year-old, ver- five-year-old at this time version of me would be like, woohoo, Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> oh, I'd still be pissed off. I, was- I know you would still be pissed off. He's always a player <laughs> fan. But I'd be all about Rhodes. <laughs> so. Anyway, we had a promo with Cornette and Big Bubba. I missed this promo. It was same bullshit. Okay, same same thing we've had. So, yeah. all right. All in all, this was a huge step back from the previous week, but it was still a good show. Just Great. The promo. previous week was just amazing. This was a good show overall. Good promos again. The matches were kind of weak. So again, but that's the, that's this that's this this show. The matches tend to be second rate compared to the promos. The show's all about the story. Yeah, it was all promos. Quit looking at hair products. I'm going to the next article for Entertainment Weekly. (laughs) But she does have nice hair. I give her that. All right, so good show overall, as usual. Now. Oh, there was the loud mouse again. I was skimming up through the notes. Yeah. On to our next article, promo, whatever you want to call it. Now, since I'm not even going to worry about doing the music and all that bullshit. By the way, we forgot to do our retro game of the week because we had issues with that. Everybody go out there and play a Castlevania game. So, um... One of the first, like, five console games. Yeah. We'll go more in depth next week. Yeah, okay. So, spoiler alert. If you have not read Captain America number one, we're going to spoil it. So here's the situation. Uh, A lot of people are pissed off about what they have done with Captain America in the comic books. The situation is this. Um... Basically, what they did was uh, Captain America 
was walking home with his mom and dad. His father was an abusive, drunken, unemployed piece of shit. He was a wife beater. And um, he, since childhood, basically, he was groomed and being watched. They knew something big was planned. Uh, he was basically saved at that moment from a by a woman. Well, they were wined and dined by this woman, and at the end of the issue, you find out when she, this woman invited her to join this little group called Hydra, and from that moment on. Captain America, Steve Rogers, was and has always been a plant for Hydra. Steve Rogers is not the Captain America that you know and love. He has always been a Hydra agent. He has always been a plant. People are very pissed off over this. Are you fucking serious? Uh, it's Ben Parker or all over. It's or whatever the hell his name is. The ben, clone. Ben Riley. Like, yeah, yeah. Ben Riley. What the fuck? Um. Wow, you could not have prepared me for that one. I was, so, the article is right here. <laughs> I'm. I'm I, hey, hey. We had a little conversation. I thought, well, I'll just I'll walk in blind and see what happens because this is apparently a big deal. Apparently, Marvel's also blind. Now, I cannot wait until they explain this to the German audience when they play Captain America again. Anyway, according to the um, writers of this comic book issue, their quote is that... Uh, this is not a clone, not an imposter, not mind control, not someone else acting through Steve. This really is Steve Rogers, Captain America. And there was another quote about issue two I wanted to read. But... um. I mean, it's not gonna last. No, the, the, the they'll find a way to. I had made a quote that when it comes to comic books, nothing matters. Right. Everything gets rebooted. Everybody who dies, with the exception of Ben, Uncle Ben, comes back. Um, I'm knocking on wood here. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, I mean, Paul, what have you just unleashed on this earth? Well, I mean, for now, with the exception of Uncle Ben, everybody comes back. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it doesn't matter. Comic books don't matter. It's no. I mean, really, it's, it's all about the hero's journey and what makes them who they are. And 
this does not matter. It's really just a publicity stunt. It's a publicity stunt, but now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I'm starting to think, holy shit, he's been a Hydra agent all this time. That's actually, I don't know. I think it's pretty, I don't know. Now I'm kind of conflicted. Especially knowing that it's not going to last, but um, how do they explain away all the shit that he's done to knock the hell out of Hydra this whole time? He's a plant. I understand that. Like you, but that, you've had him defeat Hydra a thousand and one times to solidify that. Wouldn't two or three have been sufficient and then unleash your master plan? Just saying. But yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I can see why people would probably be pissy about because hell, when I when you first said it, I was like, "What the fuck?" But eh, like, and knowing it's it's comics, guys, it's not going to last. So I'm not too concerned about it. Well, yeah, and they're getting the guys who wrote it are getting um, shitload of tweets, and there's <clears throat> campaigns like, "Well, the guys who created Captain America." You know, they're like one of the guys is a Jew, and you're like, Hydra is basically Nazis. This mm-hmm. is bullshit. So, it's comics. Nothing lasts. Like nothing you said. Lasts. Like Captain America's heterosexuality, apparently, with this big and, LGBT thing. I mean, let the fucking story play I out. I there's anything wrong with that. Just, just let the story play out. Let it play. Let it roll, <laughs> all of it. I, I say mean, make him a. Uh, I mean, but the thing that I thought was so fucked up is reading it. It it starts off okay when Captain America was depowered, he gave he made um, the Falcon Captain America. Okay, right. good choice. And then when he found the Cosmic Cube or whatever, and he became Captain America again, well, well, he became young again. He's like, (sighs) for some fucking reason, Sam, I think, was like, well, I'm not going to give you the mantle of Captain America again, but we're shared. It's like, what the fuck? Remember, I'm I'm six months behind because I have unlimited, so I just read this issue. I was like, that's kind of fucked up. Somebody needs to explain this to me. Why would you not just hand the mantle over? Because he I, was Captain America. They needed drama to serve the plot. I I I I blame the Falcon for this shit. It's all his fault. I'd say they'll just make Captain America a triple agent or something. Well, the way they're telling this story, though, from from birth, I mean, basically, since he was like eight years old, he was indoctrinated. True. But you got the uh, book upstairs in my bedroom, so just come on over and read it, Scott. That sounded suspicious. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I ah, fuck all the warning bells going off in my head. I'll be right over. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's I'm I'm just kind of stunned, but hey, we'll see what happens. There you have it, folks. Well, Captain America just made a Captain billion America dollars, so now we're going to turn him into a Nazi. Yeah, Disney's not going to let that stand for very long. I would suspect right now, with the franchise being as big as it is, that they're probably like, "What? Who authorized this?" What's What's funny is. DC just owned the news cycle with, okay, we're doing great. We got Rebirth. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be huge. And then all of a sudden, Marvel's like, bam. Yeah. They, can't, they I, can't own anything for a while. I will say this. On the surface, it is a thousand times more interesting than the 33rd version of An Infinite Crisis. Marvel, well played, Marvel. You got your latest Captain America movie out, freaking making buku bucks, and kablam. DC Rebirth supposed to like save DC, and you drop this bombshell. They 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 probably been waiting on this since freaking. They've been indoctrinating their writers since they were eight at Marvel <laughs> to pull this stunt. Like as soon as they see a glimmer of hope at DC, we will snatch it away at the last moment. Well, Hydra. well yeah. they've been doing this for months now. Batman versus Superman, we hit the trailer. All right, we're doing good. And then, bam, oh, 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 look, we have a Civil War trailer. And then they have another Batman versus like, Suicide Squad. And then, like, oh, look at this. We have Spider-Man in our trailer now. And there's people you've heard of in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then, it's okay, like, we got Batman versus Superman coming out this week. Oh, look at this. We got uh, Daredevil coming out. You don't even have to leave the house to see this. Yeah. Oh, look, Superman and Batman came out. And look, we were released good movies. Yeah. So. Oh, look, we got made a billion dollars with our movie, fucker. Yeah, yours only made like 600 million or something. Like 800 million? You can't even break yeah, it. Yeah, they break a billion worldwide with two of the most recognizable fictional characters of all fucking time. Because you keep dropping the ball over the course of decades and wondering why the hell people won't buy tickets to your movies. So, yeah. anyways, when we took we, our most beloved character and we turned him into a Nazi, and people still talk about our shit, what the hell? Yeah, rebirth. What? So, speaking of rebirth, let's talk about rebirth. So, um, it's a long, long book but if you're rebuilding your entire franchise i guess you kind of have to yeah it's it kind of reminds me of the marvel versus dc comic it's just this huge lead up in the first issue but way more well written yeah yeah way more well written made a whole lot more sense the fact that it's based around wally west was a little bit surprising yeah, well, the first opening bits of dialogue, I thought, oh, well, this is some sort of change to the Bruce Wayne's family or Clark Kent's Flashpoint family. Bullshit. Yeah. yeah, and then Wally West pops in, and I'm like, oh, which I like Flashpoint, you know. Yeah. So, but yeah, I was kind of shocked it was Wally West. Um, but essentially, Wally West is running into different heroes trying to get somebody to remember him because something from Flashpoint has made people lose... A lot of their memory, their like ten years or something like that. Ten years of their lives or something, and they're not like 
the black canary and green arrow don't know each other, you know, but there's something telling them that they know each other. They're just not, they can't put their finger on it. And you get a lot of that. And basically for him to for Wally West to be able to free himself from the speed force, which is made in time travel or whatever, he has, somebody has to be able to connect with him. They're like a lightning rod. And that's what he mentions about, um, Linda, that she's a, a lightning rod that allows him to connect back. But of course she doesn't recognize him, but eventually, uh, you know, it, it, that's part that gets resolved and he's okay. But, um, he's deteriorating, he's dying. Yeah. He's he deteriorating and dying. Somebody has to be able to connect with him in order for him to free himself from the speed force. And then we get, uh, you know, he, he tries to get help from Batman and various other characters. Um, he eventually, the first person he goes to is Batman because he's the smartest man he knows. He's world's greatest. Batman. Yeah. Yeah. And he tells Batman, because of Flashpoint, he tells Batman to re- remember where you got your letter from, from your uh, father during Flashpoint, basically. He doesn't say Flashpoint, but he just, I just lost Scott. Oh, God. The f- oh, God. Well, Flashpoint just happened. I just lost Scott. So Wally keeps going around. Oh, he's back. Uh, yeah, I think Vader just moonsaulted my cable. Yeah, that happens. So yeah, we had a, we had a quick... Actually, it was my browser. So we had a crash. But I am back. He's back from the uh, Flashpoint. Speed, the Speed Force had me. Speed Force brought you back. Yeah. You? I'm a 220-pound Flash. Yeah. <laughs> So after going from Batman to a couple other people, eventually he gets to Barry Allen. Barry saves him. Right at the last yep. moment. Barry at the last minute has a flicker of a memory and says his name and touches him and that pulls him out of the speed force. Um which, you know, it, it's set up that there is – somebody is basically screwing with all this, and it's causing an issue. Um, of course, we run across uh, the post-86 Superman, um, the one that I pretty much grew up with, the one that died at the hands of Doomsday in 93 or 92. Um, this Superman and Lois and their son are somehow in this continuity now, which you'd mentioned that I think last week, or maybe it was when we were talking before show or after show. But anyways, the new 52 Superman died. Yeah. The new 52 Superman's dead. And the uh, Henry Cavill likeness Superman has arrived. So, um, and they're trying to kind of figure out what's going on. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of questions. I mean, I have a general broad idea of what Rebirth is, but this seems like it's handled in a lot better way so far than the last few crises. Um, but the big thing in this one was... At least it makes sense. It makes sense, yeah. It, it's, it, it seems like they put a lot more thought into it this time. So we'll see where it goes. I mean, like you said, in comics, it doesn't matter. To me, the 86 to whatever Superman will always be Superman, but um, they're bringing him in to be Superman. Yeah. They're bringing him in to get rid of this douche we have from 52. Um, But at the end of the comic, Batman's 
picking dirt in a cave or something and finds a watchman smiley face. Yep. And how many comics have Watchmen actually appeared in? <coughs> Just a few, right? They've appeared in only their own. Just to watch. Okay. That's what I, I kind of thought. I, yeah. The first one, the big one. And, and before Watchmen. Okay, so that was kind of a big reveal to me. I mean, one of the great things about Watchmen is it's always just been its own thing for the most part. And I I was shocked to see that. That was, I was reading a book and I was like, holy shit. Is that what I think it is? Yeah. I haven't done that with DC comic in years where there was like a positive response. I've said, holy shit. Is that what I think it is? And it's been incredibly negative. And this time I was like, Oh, which again, there's some trepidation there. I'm, could be good, could be bad. Yeah. You know, but we'll see. I'm sure Alan Moore is like, <sighs> <laughs> I wonder if they contacted him over this. Nope. I'm sure they didn't. This yeah, is why not. if you are a creator, never do anything for DC because they will fuck you. Yeah. Which is why I will never write for DC. Ever. That's right. I will never have anything to do with them. That's right. You know, right now, DC, you are off our list. You yeah. You're not accepted. Unless we buy, unless you guys want to give us all the rights to everything and just walk away. We will save it all. Yeah. We will eliminate 98% of your characters. <laughs> we'll kill everybody. They will all die. Yeah. Including Lana Lang. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because of Smallville. She shall die. Yeah. I would um, we will straight murder her. Yeah. But overall, it was a good introduction. Definitely interested in issue two. Yeah, this has piqued my interest. Like, the 52 piqued my interest, and it fizzled incredibly fast. Yeah. Um, again, I'm not against ev- evolving Superman's look a little bit, but I hate his freaking 52 shit. I absolutely hate the look of it, the, the aesthetic of it. Um, there was some good writing, don't get me wrong, but it was nothing that I wanted to sit down and read week to week or month to month or whatever. The it just it just didn't hold its appeal to me. Superman. It was interesting early on. You haven't read it yet, but the Superman rebirth is good. We'll, we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, it's good. Because um, we have time. Before, what are these biweekly? The mainline series are they biweekly? I think they're going to do it every the heavy hitters every so. once a month. But the rebirth, these are just going to be once. These are just one time only, and then the rebirth is going to be once every month. And Superman, they're going to be. I think there's going to be two Superman action. And then Superman itself. So I guess he's going to have two issues a month. I'm not have they sure. started? Have they re? Have they fixed the numbering on Action Comics yet? I think it's back to eight hundred and something, wherever it is, whatever it was going to be. I would have to check real quick. So I I I wholeheartedly recommend uh, dabbling into Rebirth. Surprisingly. 
I recommend it. Because it was solid art, solid writing. Shocking. <laughs> Action Comics 957 in one week in Superman in two weeks. All Superman right. number one. So they did fix it. All right. That's good. So. Yeah, that was a that was a kind of kick in the pants to comic fans. But it's um yeah, the Watchmen. Now which who is it gonna be from the Watchmen who's doing this? Now they mentioned um by name. Adrian. So is it going to be the world's smart, smartest man? Mm, I mean, that's kind of the. I mean, he'd be the he'd be the prime suspect. I mean, I though there'll be a couple of them involved. We'll see. I mean, it's. I think there was probably a lot of people. There was a lot of what the fucks and a lot of whole shits. You know what I mean? When people read that panel. I'm kind of in between. Like, I hope it's good, but I hope they don't screw up that Watchman legacy. Or Watchman legacy. It'd be interesting. But on this, I do know one thing. I don't have high expectations. <laughs> no. I can't be too terribly disappointed. It's DC. I love their characters the most, but I hate their writing more than than words can even describe. Yeah. I mean, they do have some gold stuff. Don't get me wrong, but man, it's just some of the decisions. Holy cow. Marvel's had their shit together for a long time. Um, the last thing I really hated from Marvel, of course, I mean, I'm, there's storylines I haven't read, but uh, was the clone saga with Spider-Man. That was a long time ago, too. And that was a long time ago. That, that broke me out of buying comics for a while, actually. I was just like, yeah, this is bullshit. And I collected like some Dark Horse stuff at the time and just stepped away from Marvel and DC completely. Um, I'm not too happy with all the Spider-Man they got going on. I guess. I've, yeah, in fact, I've never gotten back into Spider-Man since then. Like I read some of the ulti- I read 30 issues of Ultimate Spider-Man, which is awesome. But yeah, um, yeah I couldn't. The Clone Saga ruined me for a long time. I, I mean, I've I've picked up the occasional issue. I've not committed to any story arcs, and I, I know that they retconned yeah. a bunch of shit not too long ago. So that kind of turned me back off too. You really only need two. I mean, you can have Ultimate Spider-Man, and Spider-Man. You can have Mill and, and Peter. Leave it at yeah. that. Too. I mean, it's got to be getting difficult at this point to have come up with material when you've got fifty years of freaking stories at this point. What is Spider-Man? Was he 66? Something was this the 50th year? Something like that? 66, 65? Uh, 63, wasn't But you don't. He predated X-Men by a few months, didn't he? Yeah, but you don't need Spider-Gwen and Silk and Spider-Woman. and I mean, it's just too much. You're, I mean, you have an entire Spider-Family, you're oversaturating it. It's, it's too much. 
Do it too much. Well, it, 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 it runs the uniqueness of the character. There's nothing unique about him. Yeah. You know, and 62. So, I mean, Spider-Man is... Is he the most popular comic book character? Batman or Spider-Man? It has to be one of those two. I think Spider-Man is the most well-known. Yeah. I'd say something, considering Superman had how many years on him? Yeah, 1938. Yeah. So, you, I don't know. It's just too much. They need to just bring it down to one damn comic and be done with it. They could do that with a lot of series, though. I mean, there was a time when we have Man of Steel. Action Comics was basically Superman comics. Superman... I think wasn't there like a Superman Adventures or Adventures of Superman Adventures comic? Of Superman, I think. There was at one point there was like four or five Superman comics running. Yeah. And then you had like X Men and Uncanny X Men, which I mean that's just two comics. That's not that big a deal, but um, oversaturation. X-Men classics or classic X Men or some shit like that. Yeah, the oversaturation is what brought the yeah. the comic book market to its knees in the nineties. I mean, that's variant covers, foil covers. Quick uh, variant covers. You know, oh, look, here's here's part one of this story. You got to buy six different titles you would never read any other time to get to get yeah. the rest of the story with your characters you like the most. So, yeah, they, um, and Death of Superman, I think, was a very well done comic, but it was kind of like the linchpin in that whole thing because people bought those bagged, boarded, Black armband editions, thinking they were going to be worth some money, and yeah, it's like those kind of, boom, they weren't worth jack shit. And those got up at like what seventy five, eighty bucks within a few months, and then they just completely tapered off. You can get them for like, I don't know. I looked several years ago because I wouldn't mind to have a copy myself. But well, here's the problem: bucks or something, twenty five dollars. Those bagged issues, those bags aren't acid free. So they're eating away your comics. Yeah. And the problem is, if you open up those comics, well, now they're open, so they aren't worth shit. So Yeah. I and mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, oversaturation. So, the, uh, but go out and take a look at Rebirth. Yeah, I would say buy that uh, in Superman. But the Batman book was no good. Captain America, you you're on your own with that one. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. I would say Marvel Unlimited is the way to go this west couple months. Let it pan out. But that's it. Uh, real quick, um, if you liked Agent Carter, Dominic Cooper and Hallie Atwell have both said that they would do... Um, the series if it went to Netflix or some other streaming service. So, actually, Hallie said that she would do anything that needed to be done for it. She would work the weekends or whatever to get the show done. So, she's on board for it if they do it. Ah, we've so, heard that about so many um, shows, and because of rights, it shit never happens. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Netflix basically is uh, doing everything with Disney now. 
they've they've signed a deal. Everything that streams from Disney is on Netflix now. Well, shit. They got an exclusive. That's uh, that that puts some. They already had clout. <laughs> now yeah. they have a lot more. So yeah, everything exclusive is from everything Disney goes to Netflix. Well, that's pretty awesome. So there you go. All right, that was a good episode. All right, so we read a good comic this week. Hallelujah! Yeah, we got comic book news. Hopefully nothing else bad happens like that. <laughs> well, it's actually good news for us. It gives us talk, something to talk about. And quit sending death threats to fucking writers, people. For fuck's sake, it's just a comic book. It means nothing. But of course, you know, the way the comic books go, so do the movies. So There you go. Maybe after Infinity Wars, Captain America is going to be a Hydra agent. Think about that. That would be pretty awesome in the movies. Goodbye.